This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to offer diagnosis or treatment for any medical or psychological conditions. All treatment decisions should be made in partnership with your health professional. This is Advice from Mom for those headed home to diverse opinions. Hello, dear listeners. It's Rebecca, your host for a bonus segment of post-election advice from my lovely therapist mother. We've heard from many of you that traveling for the holidays means visiting politically diverse households, and we'd like to offer a little audio care package for your journey. Like in our full episodes, which you can now hear on iTunes, SoundCloud, or advice from that mom, we will take one question and give it three doses of advice. First, you'll hear my mom's advice. Next, you'll hear my response in a segment that we call Mother-Daughter Pickleball. Sometimes I build on her points, sometimes I challenge them. In this case, as you will hear, she even does a little therapy on me. So, uh, buckle up. And last, we get a second opinion. Because it's always good to get a second opinion, right? For this segment, we have a very special guest. All I'll tell you about her now is that she voted very differently from both Mama B and me. I can't wait for you to hear what she has to say. So here's today's question. I voted for Hillary in this election. Let's just say my mom voted very differently. She keeps telling me, everything's fine. I should, quote, get over it. She's invalidating my feelings and that absolutely breaks my heart. I consider my mom my best friend, but right now she doesn't understand me. I'm going to see her next week. I feel like if I attempt to talk to her about this, we'll both get emotional and overreact. We're peas in a pod that way. How can I move towards a place of understanding and forgiveness without causing a huge argument? I worry if I say something, it will end badly. If I don't say something, then her choice will be validated, which is certainly not what I want. Is there a middle ground? Signed, Drinking in San Francisco. And now, here's some advice from my mom. So let me first of all compliment you that you want to move toward peace and forgiveness and understanding. There comes a time in every person's life when one of their loved ones disappoints them. It's kind of inevitable. And please remember that your parents are not perfect Nor are Rebecca's parents perfect. (laughs) You're not perfect, Mom? Just be quiet, spoopka. (laughs) Anyway, it sounds like probably both of you have dug in your heels and you're kind of at a stalemate or what we might call a power struggle. And I'm uh, curious about your history with your mom. Have you ever won a power struggle with your mom? No, you really don't have control over her. And it's really not for you to validate or invalidate your mom's choices or her decisions. Your job as her daughter is to respect her and appreciate her. After all, she did a lot of work to raise you and bring you up from that helpless baby. And if you fight to win, I think you will probably really regret it in the future. And I think you already have a sense of that. So your challenge is to forgive your mom, and that might be pretty hard. 
I know that um, one of the skills that I have that I use the most is my, what I call, bite my tongue skill. I always think that it pays off big time because, you know, it keeps the relationship in good shape. There are three things about dealing with your parents or your loved ones. The first one is rapport. The second one is rapport. And the third one is rapport. I see I see a pattern here or a broken record mom. <laughs> one of the two. Either one is uh, an adequate reframe. This relationship with your loved ones is so important. Nothing else really in life, I think, matters very much if your relationships are crappy. And then my next suggestion for you is to expand your support system beyond your family. I don't know if that will take you outside your comfort zone, but it is very, very important to have a broad support system. So the broader and more diversified your support system is, the better. The old saying is that friends are the family that we choose. Right now, you're pretty vulnerable. And uh, so it might be important for you to ask yourself, among my friends, who do I feel emotionally safe with? And those are the people that you should keep close, the ones that you feel emotionally safe, like you can be yourself. So I hope that you can get over any anger or fear sometimes fear or anger can actually be an energizer and can give you that little oomph to do something that may be outside your comfort zone or maybe you should do but you haven't. It's amazing how many people come to therapy and say to me, I should have done this years ago. And I try to let them know that they're probably, they probably weren't ready to do it years ago. But now they're ready, and, and then, then they work pretty hard, I think. All right, time for some mother-daughter pickleball. Rebecca, I'm, I'm wondering if you have any input also for drinking in San Francisco. Yeah, well, I have a follow-up question for you, Mama. When drinking in San Francisco meets with her mom, yeah. what should she say? There's an elephant in the room. Right. One would be to give mom a big hug and say, it's good to see you, mom. It sounds like mom and daughter have had a really close relationship. Sometimes if I'm going into a difficult situation, I will literally think up a script and it should be respectful. Let the other person know that I'm I'm not going to attack you. I'm not going to judge you. That is what we all are hoping for. Um, is to be understood and not to be criticized. I think if it were me, I would say something like, I hope that we can have a visit where we don't touch anything political. Just staying away from the topic. But if she gets permission from mom to do that, in other words, it's a negotiation. What can they, what are the ground rules? What can they agree on? For years, when you and I would be reunited, because we'd oftentimes spend months and months Mm -hmm. apart, even if we talk all the time on the phone, we would get in horrible blowout fights. We we share pretty similar political views. It wasn't ever at kind of the societal level, but we would always find a reason to fight. 
we would both like go away fuming and like a half an hour later we would come back and I'm so sorry I didn't mean I didn't you know all this I just thought about it more and I, I guess I overreacted and all this all this stuff right mm-hmm. yeah my husband Brian always says that he thinks the most volatile relationship is between a mother and her daughter and I think Sometimes he's he's a little uh he feels like I might be going to the hornet's nest making a podcast with my own mother but well you might be <laughs> very well might be when we would get into these fights it kind of it, it occurred to me that this was our pattern this was our choreography this is what we were going through as part of our relationship it's how we readjusted to being together and it wasn't pretty for other people to watch it wasn't our we weren't on our best behavior uh, even when we tried to be on our best behavior, we'd then um, just get in a delayed fight later on when once we started being real. Um, and so I, I started calling it, um, we were like two dogs sniffing each other's butts. Mm-mm. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. No one wants to see it, but it has to happen for the two dogs to say hello. <laughs> well, do you have any explanation for why we don't indulge in that pattern anymore? I think it was a growing pain in our relationship. Fights were always about power. Oh, maybe we'll start one right now with me trying to assess (laughs) what the fight was about. No, no, no. I'm I'm, I'm so curious because, of course, probably we have different, you know, different perspectives on this same issue. And it's really obviously a very important issue between us in our relationship. Yeah, I mean... I think it's it's about the power of an adult child. You're never gonna you're never gonna outlive the fact that she raised you from a helpless infant into a full grown adult. You can never live that down. Really, where the tension comes, where the friction comes, is that you want to show that you're an adult, mm-hmm. and sometimes you feel that because your parents are talking to you like you're still a kid, and you're not a kid. Mm. Do you think that either of us being critical of the other um, had played any role in that? Oh my gosh, yeah. It's interesting too. I think part of it was that you had been dating a, a fair number of very critical guys. Yeah. Way to get into it, mom. I was surrounding myself with critics. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so true. It's uh, it's it's absolutely true. I I was always amazed by it. I did not understand it. And um but that's really what life is about is having interactions um, that sometimes are really a mystery. They completely confound us. And and uh, so for a long time, um, it was really a tough one for both reasons, both because it was emotionally tough and because I couldn't figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah, I mean, you're also like not mentioning that you read minds, so that makes it harder to fight with you. Mm. Well... Yeah, I only do that at the office, though. Oh, but sometimes on podcasts. Now it's time for a second opinion. This second opinion comes from someone I adore. She is my great aunt Diane, or as she is known by the whole family and maybe the whole town where she lives in Wisconsin, Lady Di. She voted very differently than me and my mom this election. And that's why I thought it was so important to talk to her. And I haven't talked to her since the election. I'm kind of taking Mama B's advice and applying it to a relationship in my own life. Hello? Let's see how it goes. Oh, Becca! Oh, 
for heaven's sake. What are you, honey? Well, my name is Diane, and I just recently celebrated my 80th birthday. With a bang, I might, my, I might add. I would concur. It was a hell of a party my kids put on. And uh, I've been widowed since 2001. I was married for 36 years. I was always in medicine. And when I retired, I was the vice president of operations of a hospital. That's about it. Oh, I like to sing. Every opportunity I have, I sing. Is that your key to staying young? Uh, that and vodka. <laughs> <laughs> You know, not that I'm alcoholic, but I do enjoy a martini a couple times a week. Is it crazy snow there? Oh, shit. It's nine degrees and we've had two feet of snow. So what's up, Dutch? Is there a middle ground? That's interesting. We're all entitled to our opinion, and I think uh, I have to respect you and understand where you're coming from. And I would expect the same thing back. But I don't see any situation where we can have that much of an argument about it that you need to separate yourself from me. There have been many times in the course of my children's growing up that they certainly didn't agree with my position on things to the point of calling me an old witch. But, uh, you know, so you accept it and say, well, let's move on from there. How about now that your children are adults? That's kind of what this question is getting at is that she feels... Like she's an equal with her mom, and they're coming to the table with both equal emotions but very different opinions. I don't feel that any of my children are equal to me, but do we come to a difference of opinion? Yes, we do. I always speak my onions. I mean, I say what I feel, uh, and they know it. We all love that about you. They can say whatever they wish. That's the way it goes. We don't have a separation then. They, they know where I stand, and I know where they stand. What I can say is what you do as a mother is put the guilt trip on the kids. It usually works. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? To begin with, your kids have to respect you to, to be able to accept who you are and what you say. They have to respect you. So at least I have that with my children. And have you ever had political disagreements with them? No, I can't say that I have. I have with my relatives, but not with my children. Oh, like my mom. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's like when you raise a child. Mm-hmm. If you give them an inch, by God, they're going to try for a foot. you you got to somehow along the line let them know where they stop. It's like tough love, you know. Well, there was a time when I kicked my, my 19-year-old son out of the house. When he didn't come home one night without calling and this is the second time he's done it, I took everything he owned and put it on the front yard. And then to follow up on that, it was in summer, and I was sitting out the next day. I took off work because I felt so bad. I was sitting on the patio in the backyard, and an egg out of a robin's nest fell right down next to me and splattered on the ground. Oh, karma. <laughs> uh, absolutely, karma. Absolutely. Uh, well, okay, so just to go back to the question... How do I move towards a place of understanding and forgiveness without a huge argument? Why do you need forgiveness, though? That's what I don't understand. That's a good question. I mean, if you have respect for each other, then you say, well, you have your opinion, and I have mine, and I respect you, and I expect you to respect me. I, I would never expect my children to apologize for anything like that. I mean, you know, why, why forgiveness? That's a uh, shoot. That's out of my realm, I don't know. 
So there you have it. Advice from both Mama B and Lady Die, living in two different red states and with two very different political opinions. And some really good advice there. I invite you, drinking in SF2, think about it as an experiment. So if this first visit with mom doesn't go as you would wish, please remember you're going to have other opportunities. And this stuff takes practice. It's not easy. If you think of it as an experiment, then like it's no big deal. You two can come to agreement uh, on anything, you know, on what we're going to make for supper or what, you know, where we want to go to eat or whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is, but whatever it is, as long as it's about food. Yeah, well, is it it feeding time yet? (laughs) That's our favorite phrase. So from my family to yours, I hope you have a really happy holiday. And if you know someone who's born around this time of the year, make sure you get them a card separate from the holiday card. I just speak from experience. If you share advice from mom with a friend in need, you are a friend indeed. Thanks for subscribing and listening. There'll be more in January. Advice from Mom is a production of Wise Ones Advice Services. It's produced and edited by me, Rebecca Garza-Bortman, sound engineering by Brian Garza, publicity by Jane Riccobano, and our music is by Love Jerks. It's a song called Little Less Lonesome, and I'm sorry you can't hear it yet because it's still being worked on in a different part of this house. That's right. It's a song from our upcoming album. It's not, we didn't name the album yet. I guess this would be the place to say the album name. But just look for Love Jerks of Spring, people. It's going to blow your mind. Okay, my plug is complete. On the next episode of Advice from Mom, we explore advice for dating and relationships. Yeah, it's going to be good. With more advice from Mama B and several other wise and wonderful voices. If you yourself are in search of dating or relationship advice, please get your question in by visiting advicefrom.mom and then just send us your question. It's super easy. Just a little form you fill out. I'm going to be totally honest. I've already started talking to people about dating and relationships and it's freaking amazing. Here is a brief montage of their amazingness. Meet Rhonda. Things that I speak about are definitely from experience or experiences from other people that I saw them go through that and go through hundreds of thousands of dollars and end up with a broken heart and a broken bank account. So when you become, when you become, I won't say older, but more seasoned in life through your experiences, then you can share with other women and share with other men so they can, um, they can look for that so they don't have to go through it. Meet Jane. He didn't want kids, I did. <laughs> we have a daughter. Um, anyway, uh, and, and I did analyze it. I analyzed it a lot. Meet Edie. Today's young couples analyze. They dissect. They measure. They evaluate. They criticize. We just felt the love spark and knew we were falling in love. Meet David. Around the corner, there's the possibility that things can change for the better, for the worse, but it always is changing. Nothing just stays permanent. You just have to keep pressing on with love, with life, with work, with whatever you're doing. 
finding joy in the moments of oh you're tearing oh my gosh you're no, crying I just was, I know, I, there's a hummingbird in my eye 